0: Hello and welcome to our latest podcast in our series around buildings of the future. I'm Kaz Mohammed, the Vice President for Digital Energy at Schneider Electric. Today we'll be looking at certification and measuring just how smart a building really is and why this can be beneficial. I'm delighted to be joined by Jules Barker, who is the Global Director of Product at Wired Score and previously led the Smart Places team with British Land. Hi there, Jules. Thank you for joining today. Morning, Kaz. Thank you very
1: much for having me. Really, really happy to be here to talk to you.
0: So we'll kick things off with a a question. So, Jules, why do developers and landlords need smart buildings? Well, the world's changing.
1: And the way that we consume technology at home and everywhere else in our life has changed dramatically over the last year. Sure, during the pandemic, but over the last couple of decades before that as well. If you think how your life has changed, your personal life, your home life has changed through the use of technology, Um, the ability to stream films straight into your home, the ability to ask your digital assistant to turn off and on the lights or um, set an alarm or or change something in your calendar at home, Uh, the ability to see who's, who's pressing your doorbell even when you're on holiday in another country. We've got digital tools that allow us to make our lives much more efficient at home. And if you think about how life has changed in the office, it really hasn't changed at all, in fact. Most offices, when we, if we can remember them pre-pandemic, were largely exactly the same in 2019 as they were in 1999 and probably 1989 as well. And frankly, they're probably the same pretty much as they were in 1950, only there's a computer on the desk this, this time. And so the two things that are really pushing this on a consumer, on a user side, is that we're getting used to technology that enables us to live our lives in different ways and are beginning to expect that throughout our lives. And that includes work. But then also, and this is where the pandemic really has accelerated things. The way we want to work has changed hugely. You know, offices are no longer somewhere that you go to get work done. As we come out of the pandemic, I'm convinced that offices are the last place that will go to get work done. Offices will be somewhere where you go to collaborate, you go to meet people, you go to share ideas and have ideas. You go home to get work done. And that's not how it was five or 10 years ago. And then the third reason we need smart buildings is because of the climate crisis. There's an awful lot the real estate industry can do during the development process with better materials, better processes, better ways of building things, reusing rather than rebuilding, for example. But actually, in order to minimize the whole life carbon impact of a building, you've got to operate it more efficiently. And the only way you can really minimize the in-operations emissions of a building is by using technology to automate it
0: okay so I, I guess there's there's kind of the three things and if I was to summarize there we're talking around the digitization and the benefits of that digitization in buildings, the human centricity in buildings and being closer to I guess being this environment which is better for the people rather than what the business is intending it for in the first place and then this real hyper efficiency story that is needed to address climate change and, and address carbon emissions in in buildings both new and existing Um, so some real dominant themes there Jules I think I think you're touching upon Um, I guess the the next piece really and and there's plenty of developers and customers out there that are just on that starting path how should they go about creating smart buildings what do you think are the priorities for them to consider going forward so wide school's been thinking about this
1: quite a bit over the last year or so And uh, we've spent a lot of time across the industry. We created something called the Wide Score Smart Council, where we gathered together uh, developers and landlords on the one hand and then advisors uh, um, and smart buildings consultants on the other hand to to try and answer that question. Well, to try and answer two questions, really. What is a smart building and and how do we best create and measure them? And uh, the conclusion we came up with is that the starting point for all of it is user outcomes and the reason for that is that it's very easy to get carried away with technology particularly in an industry like real estate where it's very traditional and a lot of the decision makers haven't come from a technology background in fact almost all the decision makers have not come from a technology background. And so you have a lot of people, on the one hand, pushing technology solutions who haven't got a real estate background and a lot of people buying it, on the other hand, who are steeped in real estate and know how to develop buildings but don't really know how to use tech. And what the danger is with that is that you you buy tech and you install tech for tech's sake. And that's not the way to achieve great outcomes for users. Instead, the way you need to start at it is to think, what are the challenges that the stakeholders of that building experience? And I use stakeholders in a broad sense because that could be in offices, for example. It could be the people that work in the offices. It could be the visitors to the offices. But it could also be the reception team or the maintenance team. But then it's also the people that own the office, the investors, And the operators of the office, all of those people are stakeholders. What challenges do they experience? And then how can we best solve them? And that's the right way to start thinking about a smart building. And then you deploy the right technology and only the right technology to create those improved outcomes for users.
0: Okay. So I guess that that user outcome, if I'm thinking about it out loud, it's it's a way to help to rationalise and prioritise the real kind of key points that need to be addressed. And I guess you start to see the real benefits then for the users and the people actually involved in the real building and the operation of the building going forward. That's right. And it focuses, that also focuses your
1: spend on getting the biggest bang for your buck, because otherwise there's a scattergun approach and you hope that some of it sticks and achieves something. Whereas if you start with what are the biggest problems and how do I solve them? you're then not just deploying tech because it looks fancy.
0: And and you mentioned there uh, Wired Score and, and Smart Score. Just talk us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, delighted to.
0: Wired Score
1: is a certification company by origin. We've been around for eight or nine years, started in New York, uh, and came across into the UK in 2016. Um, by origin, we certify connectivity. And then for the last eight or nine years, that's what we've been focused on. But recently we've just launched a new product called Smart Score, which certifies smart buildings as well. And so really we're there to do, to do two things. One is to enable the industry to understand what good lo- looks like both for uh, connectivity and smart. And two is to support the industry in achieving better outcomes on both of those. So we don't just give you a certificate and tell you what your building's like. We'll also support you with with guidance documents and and assistance to improve the level of outcomes you're achieving.
0: So what do you see as the benefits of a certification like Smart Score for the different personas, i.e. the the occupiers like me and you, um, the the landlords?
1: So as I said, Smart Score, um, at its core, thinks about user outcomes. And so really what it effectively is, is a roadmap for the developer to think through how it can create a building that achieves an outstanding experience for its users. So ultimately as a user of a smart school building, I should be in a position where I'm having a much better experience than I would in a building which was designed without really um, analytically thinking about me as a user. But it also goes beyond that because, as I said, it's not just about the, the person sitting at the desk. It's about all of the other beneficiaries of that building. So within the user stories, but then also within the other part of the scorecard, which is the tech foundation, we we support in making sure that all four of the benefits of a smart building are found. And, and for us, that's the inspirational experience which I've talked about. But it's also about creating a sustainable building and one that, are fi- that efficiently functions, so good cost efficiency. And the fourth one is that it's future-proofed. And Smart Score measures those, but also then helps people achieve positive outcomes on across all of them.
0: So it sounds like Smart Score is not just this kind of one-stop shop of scoring a building and then you know that the, the owner or the developer or the operator left to, to kind of uh, improve upon that, it's, it's kind of a continual journey and an evolution to get to that best in class type score and impact, you know, as you talk about their human centricity, the sustainability, the way it's run and managed and, and really develop that overall experience. And I think importantly, you talk there as well about sustainability and, and I think that the cost piece as well, because ultimately this needs to find a way to pay for itself, um, I'd imagine. Um, So landlords, developers, what should they do to prioritise on the start of this journey with yourselves? So the
1: start of the journey for this is to decide what outcomes you need to achieve as a landlord, as a developer. There will be a plethora of different things you could do. Then, as I said earlier, the temptation is always just to throw technology at this. But really, you need to start with the outcomes in mind. What are the targeted outcomes you want to achieve for your specific building, for your specific users, for your specific stakeholders? What are the most important outcomes? And then focus your technology journey on achieving those outcomes. So for you in your particular market, it might be creating an awesome visitor guest experience. It might be uh, achieving outstanding sustainability outcomes. So I, for example, um, at British Land, I I talked to multiple different um, new tenants in different buildings. And what was really striking is that, for example, tech companies and law firms have very, very different approaches to what a good user experience is like. You know, simplistically, for example, if you're a company that has a lot of very senior partners who each have their own office, as opposed to uh, a much larger workforce all across uh, an open plan, your approach to an outstanding user experience is very, very different. So you need to think analytically about what that difference is and how you can achieve your best outcomes.
0: So according to your smart buildings paper, the technological foundations of a smart building can be formed into six broad categories and governance is one of them. Um, sadly, the case when we install systems in a building which are you know, highly smart, highly advanced, they're often installed in isolation, sometimes not joined up. Sometimes the client and, or the tenant doesn't actually always see value or get the full value out of that particular system. What do you guys mean around governance? And what do you see the, the kind of benefits of looking at this um, through the smart score point of view?
1: Yeah, so the governance section is, is exactly about that. It's about having the documentation and the structured thinking in place to make sure that everything works together. And I think there's two halves, actually, of making sure things work together. There's the the part that the landlord controls. Are all of your systems actually reporting together? Are the data structures aligned so that a single pane of glass can control and show exactly what's going on? Or, on the other hand, in your control room, have you got a wheelie chair, which is providing that function as a single operator skids backwards and forwards between 20 different screens? That's a really important part of the governance of a smart building. Uh, Are you thinking during the development phase that the stuff in your control as a developer is unified and reporting together? But then a really, really, really important part of that is also for how you allow your occupiers, your tenants, to engage in that as well. Because ultimately, a building will not get anywhere near to its full level of efficiency and effectiveness as a building. If it's only the elements that are in the landlord's control that are unified and the tenant heating and lighting and other systems are all operating separately and uh, and inefficiently uh, compared to the landlord systems. So part of the governance section is about giving the tenants the documentation and the support to enable them to uh, connect into the landlord base build systems so that it all works as one optimised whole.
0: I think that's a really important point there, that when you're building buildings or when you're refurbishing buildings, there's, there's quite a few different stakeholders involved in the design and the construction there. Um, and I think what you're saying, that overall governance piece makes sure and intends to make sure that all of them different stakeholders are involved There's something that's well thought out there, that the is that benefit out of the back of it. Is that right?
1: Yeah, that's exactly the case. And um, what, what what I found in my previous role um, was that bringing together the supply chain so that they're all talking in the same way and they're all thinking together is really difficult, but really, really important to creating a, a good outcome.
0: So, so one of the things I've seen when we're talking about smart buildings is th- there tends to be this language discussion over what actually encompasses a smart building, what do different uh people and designers mean by a smart building do do you see this as a common theme in the industry do you think that some this needs to be addressed
1: yeah i absolutely do and 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 look that's one of the things we've tried to approach with smart score to create a common language a common way of thinking about and talking about smart buildings my observation is that uh, we're we're trying to build the tower of babel here with everyone talking a different language and at cross purposes And and we hope that one of the things that Smart School will be able to do is create a single frame of reference so that the less technical uh, buyers on the landlord and developer side will be able to talk in the same language with the smart building consultants and the supply chain and hopefully collectively get to much better outcomes.
0: So when we're thinking about a smart building, there's lots of different technology that encompasses a smart building. And in their own right, we see great ways to, to measure the return on investment. Do you see certification as a path forward when we're bringing them technologies together to be able to measure true return on investment for developers and owners?
1: Yeah, I I absolutely do. And this is something that I've been wrestling with for a number of years now in in this role and the previous one. That um, From the landlord's perspective, whilst there are lots of uh, point solutions that give point ROIs, things like reduced energy costs or improved operating efficiency, actually from the landlord's perspective a lot of that flows straight through into the service charge so the landlord bears the cost and the service charge reaps the benefit the the overall benefit of smart buildings i like to talk about through the concept of placemaking so just in the same way as as an industry we've got comfortable with spending capex to plant trees and improve the outside space and 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 make the the lobby more attractive and overall we believe that that will make a more attractive place and drive rents up and therefore values you have to think at the outset of smart through the same lens of placemaking i I call it digital placemaking for exactly that reason but Of course, there's a big belief call in that. And for a a very traditional industry, believing that you can spend money on tech and ultimately it'll attract more people is a is a big thing to believe. Uh, And what I hope is that over time, Smart School will really be able to help with that because we will be able to get a really good understanding of which buildings are great from a smart perspective, and which are which are slightly less good? And we'll be able to see how do the rents behave and how do the values behave in in those buildings. And ultimately, that should really help us be able to benchmark and support the industry in really seeing that there is a tangible ROI to to investing in smart.
0: Okay, fantastic. So, so Jules, I think that's probably a really good place to to kind of stop here. Um, if I do a bit of a recap. I guess the certification helps to drive a number of different things, but ultimately it helps building developers and owners to, to really focus their spend where it's important and important topics like digitization and sustainability and human centricity are really key topics in our buildings, especially over the, the next few months as we start to return to to the office. Um, and that whole stakeholder management piece and, and managing all the different parts of the supply chain through governance really ensures it's not just a capex-type discussion, but it's through that whole operational life and we can measure the true value of a smart building then uh, with things like Smartscore going forward. That's all we've got time for here today. Thank you again for being our guest, Jules.
1: Uh, You're very welcome. It's great to be here. Thank you.
0: Okay, so please remember to hit subscribe and I look forward to speaking to you again in our next podcast. Thank you for listening.